Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. I heard most of you have no place to go, so I'll be done by 10. Um, Matt, only kidding. <laughs> yeah, you say you'll be done by 10, but we won't be here. Matthew chapter nine, 2, verses 9 to 11. And I'm reading from the Passion Version. It says, and so the spiritual priest, that is the wise men, you can see it on the screen. The wise men left. Uh, they left Herod. They left Jerusalem and on their way, on their way to Bethlehem, suddenly the star they had seen in the east appeared. Amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. They were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. They were so excited when they found the child that they celebrated and they shouted with unrestrained joy. Verse 11, when they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome, falling to the ground at his feet. They worshiped falling to the ground at his feet. They worshiped. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to speak to you on the subject, let me be frank. Let me be frank. And I want to be clear that this is not a statement from me, let me be frank, this is, this is a prayer that I want for me, and hopefully you'll see, uh, if the Lord open your eyes and open your heart, that hopefully this will be our prayer going into 2017, let me be frank. Uh, well, as we start this story, first of all, um, just so that you can get a concept, because sometimes watching television can really uh, skew um, the truth of the scriptures. Um, I remember as a little child watching one of my favorite animated uh, programs, The Drummer Boy. Anybody seen that one, The Drummer Boy with the little puppet? And And the scene is when they come to the uh, the barn, I guess you would say, the stable. Uh, no, they're there. Uh, the the drummer boy's there. The shepherds are there. The wise men are there. No, everybody's there. Um, that's not true. Um, I, I'm sorry to mess up your, you know, don't tell your kids. Just you know, let them enjoy the program, but that's not true. The truth is, if you follow the order of the scriptures, the script, 
the first ones who were able to actually see the baby in uh, the manger, Jesus, were the shepherds. Are you following? And then uh, after the shepherds left, eight days later, uh, Jesus is taken to the temple because uh, the Jewish tradition was that when a male child was born, he was to be circumcised uh, in uh, in eight days. And the parents were to offer a sacrifice uh, to the Lord on behalf of their child. And they were either to offer a lamb or two doves or two pigeons. Are you following me so far? And Jesus, uh, our parents, Mary and Joseph, they offered two pigeons which meant that they were extremely poor. Okay. So we would, sometimes there's, there's, there's a whole lot of revisionist theology. They were poor because of what they offered to Jesus, uh, offered rather to the priests. Uh, the, the wise men, they show up probably about a year, maybe two years bef- after Jesus was born. That's why when... Uh, and most of us know this story that when the wise men uh, sort of like deceived Pharaoh and did not come to Pharaoh, did deceive Herod and did not come back to him because Herod said, hey, you know, uh, show me where this child, the king is born so that I may come to worship him. And the Lord spoke to the wise men in a dream and said to them, hey, this guy Herod really wants to kill the child. Uh, and 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 so don't go back to him. So they left him when the, so when Herod found out he was deceived, he went to Bethlehem and killed every child two years old and under. Okay. Now notice they went. The Bible says when the wise men came, they went to the house, not the stable, not the barn, the house. Okay. I know for some of you, I'm messing up your story, but this is what the script says. Okay. And then uh, on top of that, uh, the Bible says that, you know, they laid the gifts. They, they came and they bow down before him. They didn't bow at the crib. They didn't bow at Mary holding him. They bowed down to him, which means that he was standing because the Bible says that they laid their gifts at his feet. Most two-year-olds can stand. (laughs) So some of you are like, I wish I didn't come to church. You messed up my whole, my whole. (laughs) So read the script. Read the script. And so another thing is that there there weren't, I I know, and don't, look, you don't have to change the Christmas carol, uh, but, there weren't three wise men or three kings. We three kings. Don't you, you can still sing that song. But the Bible doesn't say there were three kings or three wise men. They, they, were, they were called magi and they were wise men, but really they were Persian priests. They were priests. They were, if you wanted to figure out who were these guys, if you remember, and I think it's Daniel chapter two, when 
when uh, uh, the king sa- uh, the king says, "I had a dream," and was it Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. I had a dream, and um, I don't know what the dream is. And so, you who are my wise men, magicians, you need to tell me not only what I dreamed, but interpret it. And whoever can do that, I'm going to make the one of the richest men in the entire empire. Whoever, but if you all can't do it, I'm going to kill all of you. Okay, so. We're talking about men like Daniel, Shadrach, Me. You know, these were the wisest men. They were astrologers, which is why they noticed the star. <laughs> Everybody all right so far? So we have, so we have uh, these magi who come, they see the star, and they follow the star to worship this king that's been revealed to them. And they brought three gifts. They brought three gifts. They brought gold, which is the gift that you give to a king. They brought myrrh, which speaks of suffering and death. It was used to embalm a dead body. Are you with me so far? And they brought frank incense. Frank incense. Frankincense is a Hebrew word or, or a Greek word, Hebrew 81, and it means white. They brought frankincense. They brought a gift, sort of white. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says that if we come to Jesus, though our sins be as scarlet, he will make them white as snow. Okay, in Mark chapter nine, verse three, it talks about when Jesus, when uh, Peter, James and John, they went to the mountain with Jesus and suddenly he was, he was transformed in front of them. We call it the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay. And when he was transformed, the Bible says, and I like the way the J.B. Phillips translation says, his clothes became white, dazzling white, whiter than any earthly bleaching could make them. So this was beyond white. And so you, you, so when we think of this frank incense, this, this white substance, we're, we're speaking of something that is holy. Something, the word holy, I know we want to get into a whole lot of fancy definitions of the word holy, but it simply means different. 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 So, for example, a mortuary, the word area at the end of the word means place of. So, a mortuary is a place of death. A sanctuary is a place of holiness, meaning that this place is a different place. That's why uh, when you see a sign that, that says no chewing gum and no bringing coffee and hamburgers and ha- no, this is a different room. And we treat it differently because it's holy. Are you following me so far? So, this, this frankincense was a perfume that was used in the sanctuary. 
sanctuary. Frankincense was was used was used was used as a perfume for the place that was different. And so Exodus chapter 30 verses 34 to 37, this New Living Translation, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, uh, mollusk uh, shell, and uh, uh, galbanum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense. Mix them with pure frankincense and weighed out in equal amounts. Verse 35, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Using the unusual technique of the incense maker. Tell somebody you're an incense maker. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're incense makers. Okay. Uh, blending the spices together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. It's blending spices together. Sometimes we go from worship to intercession. From intercession to prayer, from prayer to thanksgiving, we're mixing spices together and sprinkling them with salt to produce a pure and holy different incense. Verse 36, grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant, meaning put it in front of the presence of the Lord. And if you do it right, watch this, I will meet you. I will meet with you in the tabernacle. Meaning if you, if you mix these spices, if you come praying, and that's why we had uh, Elder Nita praying and, and then offer prayers uh, of thanksgiving and, and worship. And when you mix these together, if we do it properly, God says, I will meet you there. And the good thing about it is, is turn your name and say, neighbor, you can make your home, make your apartment a sanctuary. You don't have to wait to get here. God says, if you put the right mixture, I'll meet you at your house. Mm, 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 mm. You know, that's a good word right there. That's a good word right there. Okay. I'll meet you at your house. I'll meet you at your house. Says, you must treat this incense as most holy. We're not just chucking up praises. We're not saying mindless hallelujahs. But we're offering up praises. Some of you, uh, I have noticed some of you, you read the Psalms before the Lord. You, you're, you're careful how you mix that incense because it is most holy. It is most different. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourselves. Don't, don't, don't just throw up praises to God and prayers because, you know, well, I'm just tired. Here, take this. God, you know what kind of day I had? No, just uh, be, be careful. It is reserved for the Lord, and you must treat it as holy. Leviticus chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, 1 and 2 says this. When you present grain as an offering to the Lord, the offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour 
olive oil on it and sprinkle it with incense. So the grain, the grain offering was interesting. The grain offering, everybody with me so far? The grain offering is the offering that you give to God that says to God, I thank you for providing for me. In fact, this is one of the few offerings that you get to mix your stuff with God. In other words, God grows the grain, but then you take the frankincense and put it on the grain and say to God, God, everything I have, I want to give you thanks for it. Turn your name and say, neighbor, when's the last time you gave God a grain offering? Thank them for your bonuses. Thank them for your raises. Thank them for, you know, food on the table. Thank them for the health of your kids. Now, I was thinking here about the grain offer. I was thinking here and saying, wow, God, I so thank you. I, I praise you. I said to my wife, no, this is the first morning I saw my two daughters standing together singing praises to the Lord. And I said, come, we need to take a picture of this because God is good. This is the first this is the first time in decades that I got to stand next to my brother, my natural brother, and we were worshiping God together. God is good. I offer you the grain offering, Lord. Thank you for your provision, for your goodness. And my dad's in the hospital, and I was you know, a little bit upset, but then I realized if he wasn't in the hospital, I wouldn't have had this privilege. Sometimes when 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 challenging things happen we have to say god what are you doing before i start reacting what are you doing because i don't want to give you grief when i should be giving you praise can you tell the person next to you that was a word for 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 you sprinkle it this, this grain offering, sprinkle it with incense and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. The priest will scoop up a handful of the flour, the flour that has been moistened with oil. Mm. Together with all the frankincense and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. A pleasing aroma to the Lord. A pleasing aroma to the Lord. So when we're talking about being frank in worship, I, I discovered, I want to say this, that as I was pondering this, the Lord said to me, Brian, in 2017, the best gift you can give me, in any year, really, but the best gift you can give me is your heart. Is your heart. I, I, I need your heart. And for those of you, I want, let, me, let me break it down even more. I really need your attitude. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your attitude flows your issues. Proverbs 23 verse 7, King James Version says, as a man thinks in his heart that's who he is so what god is saying i need i need i need a heart but i need your heart to be softened i need your heart to be flexible i need your heart so that when when my when my rain and my presence falls 
your heart can be moistened and not hardened. Hebrews chapter 3 says, today, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. A hard attitude. Our, our attitudes can be hardened through circumstances and situations. And we got to be careful because our, our attitude can be so hard that we can't hear the voice of God. I said, my dad's in the hospital and, 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 you know, we could be hardened. You no, know, there's a lot of questions going on in my mind, but I don't want my, I don't want my heart to become so hard that God can't speak to my heart. When our hearts are, when our hearts are softened, our hearts are also pliable so that the hand of God can form some things in our heart that may not be there right now. Let me give you myself, for example, quickly, as I said before, uh, for years, I kept for some reason for years, I always ended up in the longest line. You know, before ATM and all that, if I got in the bank lines, you know, they have all these sellers, I was end up in the wrong line. Even if it was the shortest shopping line, I was like, oh, I feel good. I'm in the shortest shopping line. And all of a sudden, when a person goes to pay, they don't have enough money. And now they get, and I'm like, you know what, God? I, I, you know, you, when they had, when they had uh, uh, booths, when they had booths going on the highway, you know how you do it. You know, you're, you're, you're maneuvering. Which, which line you're going to go in. This is before easy pass and whatnot. And you see the slowest line, you're like, the, the shortest line, you say, okay, I got this. And all of a sudden, this person in front of you, they're asking for directions. They don't have change. And I be, I will be, I would be losing my mind. And the Lord is saying to me, I'm trying to form patience in your heart. And when you stop reacting, I'll stop dealing. You think it's the devil. It's the Lord. <laughs> you always around crazy people. If you stop reacting. We're talking about. I want a softened heart. But remember, we said frankincense. Means what? White. And what God is saying, yes, I want you to have a softened heart, but I also want you to have a pure heart. A pure heart. A pure heart. Let me close with this. When I looked up the etymology of the word frank, the etymology of the word frank has three definitions. It means genuine, it means gracious, and it means generous. And God is saying that when the Magi came and he gave, and they gave Jesus frankincense, they were basically saying, God, I worship, I give you my heart, a heart that is genuine, a heart that is gracious, a heart that is generous. A heart that is genuine. Who you are when nobody is looking at you 
is who you really are. We you know we have this saying, one of my pet peeves is the saying, let's keep it real. I'm keeping it real. And what 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 the connotation of keeping it real really is, is I'm a jerk and you can just have to deal with that. I'm just keeping it real with you. No, you know, I'm talking about the connotation. What keeping it real is just be genuine. Be genuine. And keeping it real does not excuse us from repentance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Keeping it real. I had a message that I invented called the jerk jacket. Some of y'all remember it. So some of y'all use that term now, the jerk jacket. You know, come on, folks. You know how to put on the jerk jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone ticks you off. Maybe you, maybe your, 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 your wife has uh, messed up the meal, and you, you put on the jerk jacket. You say, wow, nice move, Betty Crocker. You know, that's, that's putting on the jerk jacket. Okay? Okay? Okay, just look straight. Just look straight. Just look straight. <laughs> You know, you're with somebody that's driving too slow and you're like, you know, are we going to get there in this century? You know, that, that just, just so little remarks, you know, are you with me? You know, someone burns the food and say, are you a high priest with a burnt offering? You know, cause it's just, 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 just. You, you, and you may say, well, how do you know those things? I, I, I have a whole closet of jerk jackets. Even if English is not your first language, you understand. How many of you have ever put on the jerk jacket? Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, I, I love that's, I love my jacket. That's right. That's right. How many of you put on the jerk jacket and was glad you put on the jerk jacket? Amen. 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 How many of you, you, when someone says something, you went to your wardrobe and you said, which one should I put can I get a witness out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut up. Yes. 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 Yeah. Don't put it on today. Don't put it on today. Don't be tempted to put on. Please. Don't put it on today. Uh, the greatest gift we can give is, is, is our heart. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, when God was looking for a man, he said, uh, he said that I'm, I'm rejecting Saul, but I'm looking for a man who is after my heart, who is, who is pursuing my heart, who, who is chasing my attitude, who, who feels about things the same way I do. Uh, that, that's the kind of person I, I'm looking for. When God was about to choose a King David in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 9, and everybody was looking at the gifts and the height and the strength of David's older brothers, he said to Samuel, the prophet, don't look at their outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking at the attitude. Someone said it this way. I don't know who said it, but it never left me. I heard it over 30 years ago. The person said, it is your attitude not your aptitude that will determine your altitude. God's looking at the heart. Is your heart genuine? Is your, it, are you gracious? We talked about the jerk jack. Are you gracious? 
I, I remember uh, this time last year, one of my daughters uh, gave me a word on Christmas, and they said, Daddy, uh, God, and the scripture was about the Lord has made your tongue gracious. And, you know, there's, and just about every morning, I take olive oil, and I just, this is, this, I, though I took this from back here, this is my oil, okay? So, so in case we anoint you, you're not flipping out like, but, but this is my oil, okay? I'm taking this back home. But every, so every, every day, okay, I'm not trying to help you out because you all are like, like, hey, so who wants to be anointed? Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but every day I, I take the oil and I, I put it on my tongue. And it reminds me, Brian, make sure your words are full of grace. When you're offended, make sure your words are seasoned with grace. Are you with me so far? Honey, could you take this that way? There won't be, okay, that's. I want to be genuine. I want my words seasoned with grace. And I want to be generous. The Bible uh, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, meaning that when you have the Holy Spirit, he produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Most versions says goodness, goodness. Uh, but the J.B. Phillips translation, I like it, says it, it translates the word or exchanges the word goodness for generosity. The Holy Spirit makes you generous. The Holy Spirit makes sure that you're not cheap. God so loved the world, he gave. Now that changed my whole concept of tipping. When I get a real good waiter or waitress, the Lord says, why are you just giving them 15%? That's not generous. That's okay, just look straight. Let, let's be generous. Have you ever given somebody something and they didn't say thank you or they didn't reciprocate and you said to yourself, I'll never do that again. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. Says, Come on, be honest. Some of you mock people off your Christmas list because of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not talking about, and, and, and I've done that or felt that, well, not mock people off, but I, I've felt that way and I've heard the Holy Spirit say to me, so why did you give it in the first place? Because a generous person doesn't care about a thank you or not. They're just, that's just their nature. And so the Lord says, I want, I want your genuineness. I want your graciousness. I want your generosity to be seasoned, to be sprinkled with frankincense. I want your offering. And this is Philippians chapter four, which says, my God shall supply all your needs. Paul says that your offering to me was as a sweet incense. I, um, I, you know, you preach the message on frankincense and I never smelled frankincense. 
So I I went to the store and I bought first I went online and I saw you know how much they were charging for frankincense and I said I love my people but I that's cray cray I ain't paying all that money. Uh but I actually found this in a local store. It was you know it was a little bit more expensive than I anticipated but it wasn't a bad deal. And what was interesting is that when I it said frankincense and it says uh uh the sanctifying oil. And I was like, whoo. Oh, shut up. And then it got into this deep, and then, then, then it really kind of got into this deep mystical thing. And they said, no, take some, put it on your temples and begin to meditate and offer prayers. So I was like, okay, no, I didn't do that. But, but I began to smell the frankincense and I want, I, I want all the, all the children who I said, uh, between ages of four and 11, if you want to smell frankincense, huh? Four to 12. Okay. Four to 12. If you want to smell frankincense, I want you to come right now. Okay. Okay. Good. I want you to stand right there. Four to 12. Come here for me. Woo. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Xavier, you can come too. Four to twelve. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're running. Okay. Four to twelve. Good. They say, yeah. See, see, the bar, they're coming from downstairs. They come from Central Square. They come from. <laughs> okay. Smelling frankincense. Okay. Good. Good. So hold this, sir, because they're going to smell frankincense. Whoa. Now, what I did was I, I took frankincense and I, I soaked these dollars in frankincense all night. Okay. And What I want you to do, I'm gonna, I want you to smell the dollar, and then you can take it, okay? And what you may want to do is go back to your parents and say, yeah, you can smell this too. The frankincense actually smells pretty good, okay? So it's not like a, a funky smell. Are you following me so far? But but this is this is the thing I want to say to you as we close. This struck me because I said, God, when I give my offering to you, Showing that I'm generous. I want my offering to be bathed with frankincense. I want my offering to be a sweet smelling savior to your nostrils. And this is what struck me. When I was handling the money that was saturated with frankincense, after I gave it, I smelt my fingers, and my fingers still smelt like the perfume. What do your fingers smell like after you've given to the Lord? How do people perceive your attitude? Is your attitude a fragrance that when you walk into the room, everything changes? Or, I'll let you say this. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Last time. Does your attitude 
stink. Does your giving stink? Ooh, it smells good. How's that smell? Ooh, what'd you say? Perfume. Perfume. Okay, you can take this. You you must be Demond's daughter. You want more, huh? You can just smell and take. So this is the easiest money you'll ever make. Hey, whoa, 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 no. no, no. You got to smell it. Jonathan, this is your daughter. Smell it. Now you can take it. Hey. Oh, you got to smell first. You got to smell first. You taught your child real well, Shara. He's all like, no, 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 no. You smell it first. Take it. Ah, smell. Take it. Ah. How's that smell? Oh, say that. Say it. Good. All right. If you don't believe me, believe your child. Smells nasty. (laughs) How's that smell? Good. Good. Huh? Good. He said it smells good. Okay, great. (laughs) As we get ready to give our our Christmas offering to the Lord. Our Christmas offering. Christ's Mass. The celebration of Christ. Let's make sure that, Lord, I want to be frank. I want to be a person who has a genuine heart. I want to be a person. Praise team, you can come. I want to be a person who has a genuine heart. Lord, I want to be a person who has a gracious heart, not always offended. No, deliver me from sarcasm and business and unforgiveness. I want to be gracious. And Lord, I want to be generous. I want to be generous with my money. I want to be generous with my words. They talked about the five love language. I want to be generous with my time, my service. I want to be generous with my gifts. I want to be generous, Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, even right now as we prepare to give our offering to you, our Christmas offering. Lord Jesus, when we release that offering, if we were to smell our hand, let our hand be filled with frankincense let let our offering be a perfume of worship to you like the ch- church at philip at philippi where paul 
quoted, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. The verse before he said, because your offering to me was like an aroma to the Lord. God, I don't ever want to give to you with a stinky attitude. But Father, I pray that the best thing we can give you in 2017 is a heart that's genuine, gracious, and generous.